Welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show, brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim Galanti along with Andrew P. Shea. All ready for another week of Penn State football conversation, Andrew P.? Off-season Penn State football conversation, Jimmy. Yes, I am. In what I will continue to beat the drum for is one of the most exciting off-seasons in the James Franklin era. It, it really is, and we don't have a whole lot of news events in this past week. It is as, as off-season as you can get, so I thought we'd have a little bit of fun today, Andy. And we're going to have one topic through three of our four segments, of course. Quarter three is reserved for your questions where we ask Andy. But the rest of the show, what I'd like to talk to you about, since we are in the middle of the off season, essentially the question is, Andy, what are the questions? And what is the question at each position group? No matter how good a team is, there's questions everywhere. There always are. Now, some of them may not be huge questions. They might be minor questions, but there's always something there. So I'll tell you what. Let's start with the offense. Okay. Let's start with our favorite position. Let's start with the offensive line. You've got five positions across. There's a lot of excitement about this group for this season, but there's still some questions there. What's your most pressing question for that group? So for the offensive line, I kind of, there's some that I have that are direct questions and some are like, eh, I'm just not sure. So this one, when I think of the offensive line, they they have all these pieces, right? And they're all very intriguing sort of on their own merit. You know, Olu at left tackle is a first round NFL draft pick. Landon Tangwall is coming back from an injury at left guard. Hunter Norzad's moving from guard to center and taking over the leadership position. You know, the most underrated and least talked about player on the offensive line is right guard Sal Wormley, who is quietly just rock solid on a weekly basis. And then you have the two options at right tackle, Caden Wallace and Drew Shelton, right? There's positive pieces all across this line with loads of experience. And I also add... P.S. Penn State hasn't had this up front in a long, long time. So that gets me to my question. Can the sum of these parts be greater or better than any one individual? Will this group gel and become a bigger part of the solution for their greenhorn but talented quarterback? And I know there's two elite running backs who'll need these guys to help unleash the next level in them as well. So my question up front is, can this – can the unit be greater than the sum of their parts? Because I'm a big fan of the sum of the parts. And for the next level of Penn State football, and that's what we're talking about this season, this group needs to gel and be a bigger part of the solution. I, I think that's a good one, Andy. And it's good in general for the offensive line because you watch it whenever there's a big play on on the offensive line, which usually means a mistake. You know, they give up a sack or something. It's typically, it's the weakest link. You know, either four out of five guys are doing their job and one guy isn't, or 
the communication isn't there. You have two guys blocking one defender, nobody blocking somebody else. So it's a mistake in communication. I'm going to go a little more specific. I was tempted to talk about that right tackle position. Could Shelton overtake Wallace? But instead, Andy, I'm going to talk about Vega Ioane. He's so intriguing. My question is, will they find a role for him? Could he possibly beat out Sal warmly? Or will he be that first guy in, you know, the sixth man? It, it, that will be interesting for me. So let's move on then. Let's, let's hit the running backs. I mean, we're starting out with two really, really good players back there. So, Andy, you can't have any questions back there, can you? I don't have any. <laughs> I actually do. I think it's, it's the most intriguing of questions for these two guys is I, I just wonder what the next level for the, for the duo looks like. I mean, they're going to be better overall at their craft at this level in year two. We we know that, right? They're both very talented athletes. They're both elite running backs, but they're also both very much committed to their craft. I'm dying to see what year two looks like when these guys have a full offseason to sort of hone their craft at the next level. I mean, you know, Nearly 2,000 rushing yards combined with 22 touchdowns. That's a tough second act to follow. These two are ready to follow it with no problem, right? They will be the focus of this offense, Jimmy. Stopping them from running wild and sort of wrecking a game will be priority one for the opposition. That is going to be a little bit new for them as well. I I just think the two-headed beast that they are asks significantly more difficult questions of Big Ten defensive coordinators than most can answer. And that in and of itself is the problem. They're similar in their core strengths and differences, but it's very subtle, you know, like you and I have talked about, and that's what makes them a dynamic duo. They just they just ask a lot of a defense over four quarters. And what does them having time and opportunity to sort of hone their craft not become more talented, sort of hone their craft as elite running backs. What does that look like for both of them? Uh, That is my question because I'm dying to see it. We already saw two really good running backs last year as true freshmen. So, yes, you you talked about them both um, looking to hone their craft, work at it. So it will be intriguing to see what areas they improve on. One of the things I would like to see from those two guys – is more coming out of the backfield than catching the ball. But my actual official question for the running back room is, Trey Potts, what's his role? Will they find a role for him more than just garbage time, you know, alleviating the first two guys from getting too many carries? I want to see if they could actually find a role for him. Yeah, I think and, his role is backup, but I think they will carve out a small niche role for him just to keep him engaged. I, his main role is if something happens to either one of them, he is capable of being a stand-in number two right away. He He's the insurance policy that exactly. you hope you never have to cash in. That's, exactly. that, that's, that's his biggest role, but I want to see if they, uh, they find the niche for him. All right, let's uh, let's head to the quarterback position, 
and a lot of us are really excited to see Drew Aller in there. We know there's a lot of tools there, but Andy, he has not started a game at the collegiate level yet. I'm sure you've got some questions for him. So my question for Drew is not anything to do with his physical makeup and tools and skills and, and all of that. My question is, what kind of what kind of leadership does he bring to the table? I'm not asking the question, what kind of leader is Drew Aller? Is he a leader? That's not what I'm asking. It is what kind of leadership does he bring to the table? Because guys like him have some it factor to him. What does that look like? I mean, you could just tell in his what I'm calling cameo appearances last season. He's confident. He's calm, cool, collected. You know, we know his skills and arm talent are elite. And he's now had, or will have, two full off seasons to learn the offense and develop his talent. Don't forget, that is really critical. So what about the intangibles and leadership for him? What does it look like for Drew Aller? How does he guide this team under those bright lights? Is he a vocal leader? Is he a more watch what I do and follow me type of leader? I'll be very curious to watch how this unfolds and the impact, whatever his leadership style is and what he brings to the table with it, how that unfolds and impacts this offense. That is my biggest question about Drew Aller. That's interesting, Andy, because you know it will be different for the rest of the team to experience this young quarterback after Sean Clifford had been there for the last 13 years. You know, (laughs) Sean Clifford was so solid personality-wise. You knew what you were getting. His teammates knew him. They knew what they were getting with him. That was a given. Now with Drew Aller, and I'm not sure getting to know him a year ago, his teammates getting to know him, you saw what he's going to be. He was in the position as a backup. And perhaps starting quarterback may be the most unique position in all of organized sports, team sports, because of that role he plays. And obviously it's his physical tools and all of those things, Andy. But it's also what you hit on, that leadership. And leadership takes a lot of forms and a lot of different personalities. You know, he's got to be true to himself yet still be the guy there. And he may need to feel his way through that a bit. That will be interesting to see. Now, my question, though, Andy, at that position, and if you haven't noticed yet, I'm I'm looking down at my notes, and it's becoming a common theme. I'm talking about backups everywhere, it seems. Yeah, you're a backup guy. Which is a good sign for the team. It means there's confidence in those starters, However, um, I'm curious about Bo Perbola. We didn't see him in a real game the way we saw Drew Aller. I think we have at least confidence that there's a minimum amount of competency that we've already seen from Drew Aller. We know that. But we don't know anything about Bo Perbola yet at the collegiate level. The team was fortunate last year in that Sean Clifford was healthy. I think James Franklin learned a lesson a couple years ago about the backup quarterback and how important he can be. So my question is, you know, have they gotten Bo Perbola ready? Will they play him enough that he'll get, you know, meaningful enough snaps 
So the time does come where Drew Aller twists an ankle or you need Bo Prabula in there during crunch time. Will he be able to do the job? So there's an added dimension to this that's different than the regular sort of starter backup role. First of all, we have to respect James in saying it's a competition. Okay, right. We know. And But secondly is they're, they have diversely different sort of what the strengths of their skill sets are. They're very different. So I'm not saying you mix and match quarterbacks, but you can do some things in situations that is better for Bo Prabula situation-wise than might be better for Drew Aller. But you're not doing Drew Aller any favors by doing an 80-20 split and planning it that way. I just don't see it. All right, Andy, that is it for quarter number one. I've got a final thought on that quarterback conversation when we start quarter number two. Stay tuned. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. It's quarter number two on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. And welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. I'm Jim. He's Andy. We are doing a special show where we're asking questions about what are those questions during the offseason for each position group? Andy, we were finishing up with the uh, quarterback position. You talked about Drew Aller and his role as a leader. I brought up Bo Perbola. And one thing, you finished by saying you don't think it would do Drew Aller any good to do a time split 
with Bo Perbola, even if it's like 80-20. Correct. And can, candidly, I, I think you're right. I don't think we're going to see that. Hopefully the team will have enough big wins early in the season where Bo Perbola could play significant enough times. Perhaps they play, you know, a game against Delaware. Can you get Bo Perbola in in the first half for a series with all the starters just to give him that feel? But the, the last thing I want to point out is just the fact that the coaching staff has already acknowledges the differences between those two quarterbacks and essentially said, we're going to have plays or designed plays for Bo tells me that they are they learned their lesson from a couple years ago. They will be prepared if they ever need to go that route. So, Andy, let's move on to our next position. Okay. So, well, go ahead if you have the last thought. Still on offense, right? We're still on offense? Yep. We're, okay. We're, we're still on offense. Let's Good. get to the receivers. Let's go to the tight ends first. Okay. Three-headed beast last year. Brenton Strange has moved on. You still have Theo Johnson. You still have Tyler Warren. What are your questions at the tight end position? This one's really simple for me, Jimmy. You've always been able to see it, right? The elite sort of potential as a pass-catching athlete from the tight end position in Theo Johnson. Can that be realized in terms of production on the field when asked to be that guy right now, 2023? Look. The, the the talent pool historically under James Franklin, it's NFL level, right, Jimmy? There's no other way to put it. Mike Kosicki, Pat Firemuth, more recently Brenton Strange, they're all been drafted. They're all NFL players. It's Johnson's time. He's got 43 career receptions and five touchdowns in three seasons. The talent, athleticism, skills are clear as day, but after three years, and I know he's battled injuries, that doesn't add up. Can he stay healthy? and develop into the next NFL draft-worthy tight end out of Penn State? That is my question at the tight end position. Pretty simple, Jimmy, for me. I, th- I think that's fantastic, Andy. And I, it's legitimate. And I'm, I'm a big believer in Theo Johnson. And, you know, knock on wood that he's healthy. That's right. the key. But I think he's going to be a star. And I believe you're right. He'll be next in line for that Penn State NFL tight end. I, I truly, truly believe that's going to be the case. Again, staying healthy. Now, sticking with my theme of the backups, they did some interesting three tight end formations. They had three really good tight ends and probably didn't have the same kind of trust in their wide receivers. Plus, they went into the, some of those big packages with the three tight ends, two running backs. But I'm going to point something out. When they've been in that formation and they get those big plays from, say, Nicholas Singleton, when he gets those big runs, besides Nick Singleton, there's been another common thread. And that's Brenton Strange making a huge block. Yeah, 86 wiping somebody out. Yes, it's, it's the block, you know, the offensive line, yep, they're doing their job. Yep. But all of a sudden, yes, Brenton Strange, boom, he puts someone away opens up the path, and I like to point this out. One of my favorite moments is seeing Brenton Strange celebrating a touchdown when Nick Singleton is still 50 yards away from the end zone, okay? But it's that obvious to everybody, and I I think if he's not celebrating his own block, he should have been because he was spectacular in that way. 
My question is, Andy, not how do you replace Brenton Strain's receptions, how do you replace that blocking? Is there another guy on the roster who could take over that role, Andy? Yeah, I don't I don't uh, know an identifiable name, but all I know is the position has been developed extraordinarily well recently. And I will say this, there is no, I did a look at this too, looking at this position. I don't think there's a deeper position in terms of available options and talent. I don't think there's a deeper position on Penn state's roster than tight end. I don't, I think they have more options and more available options than any other position. And I think they'll find what they're looking for, or at least have enough choices to make it work for how they want it to work. I think they'll find what they're looking for, but it is a very, 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 very deep room. It's not a lot of known depth. I just know it is potentially known depth. How's that for a uh, way to phrase it? But I think it's, <laughs> it's, a it's not known, but it's known. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's known by the coaching staff and yep. I'm not sure that third tight end this year will be, so easily identifiable the way it was last year, it might be a shared process depending on what they're looking for. Maybe there's that blocking tight end. Uh, I, I'm still curious to see Mega Barnwell as a tight end, either catching the ball I don't... or maybe doing that Brenton Strange role and just uh, rolling somebody. All right, final position on the offensive side, Andy. The question Wide receiver, and I think the challenge here for us is going to be to limit ourselves to one question. It is. It is. There's like 19 questions you could ask about the receivers. It is the question mark for this football team. I've narrowed it down to one, Jimmy. I went all across and I was like, it's tough to answer, but I have one. What What does Kent State transfer Dante Cephas bring to the table at the next level? In other words, Mac to Big Ten, Right. There's a need there for Penn State. He's He seems to have the tools and the ability to fill the role in what you've seen in what he's done at Kent State. Can he bring that to the Big Ten? I know he was banged up a year ago. He was limited. He was still productive. And don't forget, last year, Kent State played the likes of Georgia, Oklahoma, and Washington. And he showed up well in all three of those games. Two years ago, he was a pass-catching machine, Jimmy. 82 catches, nearly 1,250 yards, nine touchdowns. He's not a home run threat. He's a 12 to 15-yard catch guy on average. He's a craft-type guy. He knows how to get open. He's a great route runner. He uses his leverage to get to the spot to make himself available to the quarterback. Can he be that sort of secondary 60 to you know, 50 to 60 catch guy over the course of a season that Penn State desperately needs at the position. It's a lot of pressure on a transfer portal guy, right? But I think he has the tools. I'm fairly certain he has the tools. Can it show up and be that for what it needs to be for Penn State? Because there's so many questions here. They need an answer. And I think he could possibly be one of the biggest answers or provide one of them. Uh, I think that's a good one, Andy. And I think the default question that most people have about the wide receiver is, will somebody step up and be that number one guy? Could it be Lambert Smith? Could it be Dante Cephas, which 
ties into what your question was. I'm going to follow my theme of talking about the backups again. I think they've got adequate starters now. I don't think they have a star wide receiver. I think they will have three starters who are all adequate. My question is, is there going to be somebody else who steps up? And there's many possibilities here. You've got McLean with the freakish body. You've got Amari Evans with the speed. You've got Liam Clifford, Sean's brother, who we look at as a possession receiver. You've got Caden Saunders, who everybody talked about. He was one of the first commits in his uh, recruiting class. There's a lot of guys there with a lot of specific skill sets. My question is, could any one of those guys break through? And I have no idea which one it could possibly be, but it'd be really nice if at least one of them did. I think it would. Each one of those guys has something that they could add to the table, Andy. The best problem for, different. Yeah, the best problem for Penn State in twenty twenty three is there's not enough ball to go around at the wide receiver position. That would be the ideal scenario for Penn State. That man, we got. We got so many dudes emerging, we don't have enough ball to go around. Yeah, take that problem, Penn State, because right now they can't, they're trying, they're, they have to figure out whether or not they have enough receiver for the ball to come to. That's that's a serious question. All right, uh, Andy, while we got the chance, let's start off in, on the defensive side of the ball. Uh, let's start right in the middle, defensive tackle. It, wide receiver always seems to be the big question on offense. Defensive tackle is the question on the defense that we hear people talk about most. What is your specific question in that group? So I'd like to say for the record, despite lacking that monster in the middle that everyone knows they don't have, and that is a difference maker. I am a huge, huge fan of this group. I think their potential will be overlooked and undervalued because of sort of all the elite talent around them on the defense. I think there's four of them. I think Hakeem Beeman, Devon Alley, Zane Durant, and Keziah Izzard, they will be greater than any one individual. And in some respects, they're all kind of the same. So the question that is, is pretty easy for me is, who emerges and becomes the guy who has the Ill- ability to impact the pocket up the middle? And I'm not talking the elite, you know, sack guy and, you know, 19 tackles for a loss and, you know, I'm talking about consistent pocket impact up the middle. And I'm going to call this as my bold prediction while we're doing this entire show, Jimmy. One will emerge, Jim. I'm telling you, one of these four guys is going to emerge, and they will become that standout guy that has the ability to impact the pocket up the middle. I think a couple of them are close. I think they've shown some flashes. And I think another year to hone their craft and a little more development a little more confidence because they've played. I think all four of them will rotate. I think we're by game five, we know there is one guy who's having an impact up the middle for Penn State. And, you know, Andy, you mentioned four names, and you could probably throw a couple more guys in there, like Townley, who's moving over. I don't think you mentioned Vandenberg. There's a lot of different names there. My question is going to be, you're right, they don't have that one big guy. How will Manny Diaz use them in a way that it won't matter? Can he do that? We shall see. 
All right, Andy, that is it for quarter number two. We're going to interrupt our positional questions with our Ask Andy segment. We're going to take your questions. That's coming up next. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's KeystoneSportsNetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. Let's get back to the action on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Hello and welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number three. That means it's time to ask Andy. This is where we take your questions. We ask Andy. And at the end of the segment, Andy's going to pick out the very best question. Whoever sent us that question, they are going to win the prize pack from our good friends at 409tailgateclub.com. All of the great barbecue sauces, barbecue rubs, Bloody Mary mix, fantastic stuff. Trust me, trust Andy. They are great, fantastic stuff. And if you want to send in your question, all you got to do, download our app, Keystone Sports. That's all. Keystone Sports. That's all you need to search on. You'll see it, download it, and you'll see the Ask Andy button. Andy, are you ready for the questions? Let's go, Jimmy. Rock and roll. All right. I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to do our set of combo questions, okay? Two guys asking about similar topics. Not the same question, but similar. They're asking about the coordinators. Let me um, give them each to you. Let's start with Kent. In Raleigh, Raleigh, North Carolina, it says, Hey guys, very much enjoy the show. Last week you talked a lot about recruiting and quarterback recruiting in particular and pointed out that it was our offensive coordinator who helped bring in these talented quarterbacks. With that said, we have two extraordinary coordinators on offense-defense. 
We know these positions are stepping stones to head coaching jobs. And Coach Franklin has also indicated he always has his little black book on who could fill key positions. My question is twofold. How long do you think we'll be able to keep these coaches? And who do you think James Franklin has in his little black book to replace these guys? Thank you very much and appreciate your insight. Before you answer that question, I thought I'd throw in Joe from Elizabeth, his question also. Similar topic, Andy, and I think you could combine answers. Uh, several shows ago, you discussed the coordinators. Hard to imagine there are any Penn State fans that aren't impressed with Manny Diaz and Mike Yursage. Um, with production so positive about our defense, with predictions so positive about our defense playing at an elite level, Manny Diaz, can we sign Manny Diaz to a long-term contract? And also with predictions of how good the offense might be in 24, what are your thoughts of doing the same with Mike Yersich? In other words, Joe is pushing for us doing long-term contracts with the two coordinators. I'm going to combine those two questions, Andy. Your response on the coordinators. Do you think as highly as these guys do? And what are the chances of holding on to them? So I think Manny Diaz was an exceptional defensive coordinator before he came a head coach. He was not as good a head coach the first time around as he was a coordinator. I think he proved last year, still an exceptional coordinator, trying to work on his repairing his image to make him a more viable candidate as a head coach again. I think Manny wants to and probably deserves to be a head coach again. I don't think... Penn State has to do anything sort of next levelish for Manny to have that opportunity. I don't think you can. I don't think Penn State is going to be, have the opportunity to sign Manny Diaz to a long-term deal as a defensive coordinator. And I also think if you get anything beyond this season, where he is still your defensive coordinator, that's a bonus. That's just my thoughts on Manny Diaz. I think you get one. He's you get one more season. If nobody wants him as a head coach yet, and he comes back to be Penn State's defensive coordinator again, consider that a bonus. But I don't think in 2025, for sure, I'm very I'm convicted that Manny Diaz is not the defensive coordinator at Penn State as you get ready for the 2025 season. Mike Yurcich is different. <clears throat> Mike Yurcich is an emerging sort of offensive coordinator at an elite program that is needs to go to the next level for him to be an attractive head coach candidate. So in other words, I think if Penn State can, <clears throat> excuse me, win a Big Ten title or get to the college football playoff somehow this year, that's what it needs for Mike Yersich to be a next level candidate right now. I still think he's got head coach bones in him. I definitely can see it. You can smell it and taste it. He had to sort of develop his Penn State's offensive coordinator a little bit. Wasn't as easy as it you might have thought at the beginning. So I think Manny Diaz is more short, short term. And I think um, in terms of Mike Yersich, it's more the, the length of term is more tied to the team, what the team's success on the field looks like. It's interesting. Well, first of all, I think the question from Joe about signing these guys long term, that that's I don't want to say irrelevant, but that's not going to keep them from a head coaching job. Correct. Okay. 
it might be a situation where they say, you know, maybe I'm not quite ready to take the next job, the next step. If I'm paid enough as a defensive coordinator, I'm happy here, I'm enjoying it. Maybe you get an extra year out of him. But I'm with you. When Manny Diaz, he does deserve the opportunity for another head job. I think it's just a matter of, is there a good enough job to make him want to leave? You know, we saw at Clemson a defensive coordinator who was there a very long time until the Oklahoma job opened. So um, I, I'm with both these guys, really impressed. Real quick, Andy, you got a name you think might be in James's little black book? You know, I thought I've been thinking about this, and I, I don't because I think James's little black book is more James suited than what you think would be a program fit. You know what I mean? Like, I think James sort of thinks outside the box in terms of what he wants and what he's looking for. He doesn't, you don't really know it until he sort of makes a hire who he wanted and what he was thinking. But no, I don't, I don't really have a name in a little black book. I'm sorry, Jimmy. I can't think of one because I just think James is a little, it's such, such a unique James thing when it comes to the coordinator position and how he views it. He's brought in folks from outside. If there's someone on the staff, I don't know why. I just get the sense Poindexter could possibly be promoted to a defensive coordinator. I could That's see that. the guy who I have in mind. I'm not sure I look at any other guys from the staff. So once you go outside, I mean, who had Manny Diaz on their bingo card as the choice for defensive coordinator before that happened? Okay, let's move on. We've spent a lot of time with that question. Let's go to Charles in Wilkes-Barre who says, Andy, like most Penn State fans, I'm already anxious for the season to start. My question is this. Which player on the team are you most excited to see? <laughs> That's a really good question. Which player am I most excited to watch? Wow, I'm still contemplating because I'm running down my list. Are you ready? I'm going to name it. Um, it's yep, Curtis, Jacobs. Curtis Jacobs. I, I, I just think, and we'll talk about it in quarter four because we're going to talk about the linebackers. Hello, foreshadowing. I just think he's... I just think he's got another level, and I can't wait to see it. I think he is going to be a very, very big part of Penn State in a more overt way this year. I'm, I just can't wait to watch Curtis Jacobs in the second year at this position. That is my answer. Who's yours, Jimmy? Well, I think there's three obvious candidates, Singleton, Aller, Abdul Carter. I'm going Abdul Carter. He was so exciting to watch last year, and I can't wait to see Manny Diaz, what he does, and giving him opportunities. Can't wait to see that, Andy. Again, I think we're foreshadowing our, our questions. Uh, let's go to Mike in Newcastle. He's sticking with the assistant coaches themes here. Andy, beyond the two coordinators, who's the most important assistant coach on the team? Are you, I, that's a great question. Mike, that's a really good question, Mike, in Newcastle. Are you ready for my answer? It I'm, is. Andy, Andy, I'm asking you the question. I am ready. <laughs> Terry Smith. That is the most important assistant coach for James Franklin on his staff. As a development guy, as a, as a relational guy, as a recruiter, I just think the value that Terry Smith has 
to James Franklin, the head coach. That's It's a relationship thing. I just think it's invaluable. And I think he is the most important single coach on this staff as an assistant for a lot of different reasons that aren't obvious, right? Like, that's why I give that answer. I think it's Terry Smith. I think there's several ways to go with this one. I think Terry Smith is a good answer. I think the stability that he brings, having been there so long, he, his actual coaching. Um, Juwan Sider, you throw in how successful the running backs have been and his yep. Florida recruiting, so important. But I'm going to go the offensive line coach. I'm going with Troutwine. And I think it's because that's been the weak link for so long. Good and point. it's taken a few years, but it feels like they've turned a corner with that group. The talent, uh, the performance, I'm going to go with Troutwine. But uh, as you said, a really good question. All right, let's go to Jack in Bedford, who says, We know that Ohio State has a huge recruiting advantage over the rest of the Big Ten. But Michigan has been able to overcome that and get over the hump over the last two years. What will it take for Penn State to do the same thing? Really good question, Jack. Uh, Michigan is should be an inspiration, provide a little inspiration and a little extra hope for Penn State in terms of that recruiting gap. Which, he, Jack, you're absolutely right. Ohio State enjoys the riches. I think it is with the combination of the defense that they have now and the ability of an offense to keep pace with Ohio State and other national powers like that at a next level, I'm not saying it's a quarterback. They have some components. I think the next level looks like a 30-plus point offensive game with Drew Aller as a quarterback, along with a defense that looks like this. If this offense becomes a 30-plus point-a-game offense, is what the expectation becomes and develops into quicker, sooner than later, then that will be the next level for Penn State. They need a strength on one side of the ball that is national-level elite and a complementary piece on the other side of the ball that makes that big difference. I'm going to give what will sound like the obvious answer. Right. But they need to add stars. Well, and I feel like they've done it. They potentially have first round picks at running back, at quarterback, on the offensive line, maybe even tight end, defensive end, linebacker, cornerback. I'm not going to, I don't need to name those names. They've got stars. Stars perform in big games. That's what I'm looking for, Andy. All right, that's it for quarter three. Stick around, Andy. We'll give us our winner at the start of quarter four. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. 
lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, statecollege.com. Trust statecollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. You get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to RevelXP.com for more info. We headed to the home stretch in quarter number four on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Brought to you by the Keystone Sports Network. Get the best Penn State sports news and analysis at KeystoneSportsNetwork.com or download the Keystone Sports app from your smartphone. Welcome back to the Keystone Kickoff Show. It is quarter number four. He's Andy. I'm Jim. Before we go back to our questions for each position, Andy... You need to give us a winner. Who do you got? Yeah, props to the listeners for great off-season questions. They're not easy. And I th- they were I was engaged. Uh, but the standout one for me was Mike in Newcastle. Congratulations, sir. Well done. All right. Very good. Um, Mike, let's get back to our questions for each position. Andy, we in the first two segments, we did all the offensive positions, plus we talked defensive tackle which a lot of bodies there, not necessarily any stars. Now let's go to defensive end where, if anything, is there such a thing as too many stars? Right. Yeah, this is – so I do have a question about these defensive ends. This is my question. Can they finish? That's my question. Can this trio become finishers? A year ago, Adisa Isaac, Chuck Robinson, and Denai Dennis Sutton, they only had combined 12.5 sacks. Jimmy, that's that's roughly one sack a game. There was reasons for it, right? Isaac was coming off a major injury and no football for a year. Robinson was playing his more natural but a new position for the first time at the college level, which was DN after playing outside linebacker as a freshman at Maryland. And Sutton was just a freshman, right? Like that's that's a reason. They need more production from the end, from the edge. They brought impact in terms of pressure, right? They were, they impacted the pocket. That was really good a year ago. They got to finish Jimmy. Now they got to finish. That is my question at the defensive end. Can this trio become finishers? Because we know they're already elite at impacting the pocket. Uh, That's, that's a good one, Andy. And I think you gave reason for all three to be better this year than they were a year ago. But I think with Adisa Isaac, Chop Robinson, I'm pretty sure of what I'm getting there. Deny Dennis Sutton has such a ceiling, and we saw him essentially being unblockable in the spring game. Is that the new normal for him? Is I, Because no, it looks like he can be... 
I, I know it's the spring game. No, but don't be careful, Jimmy. I want to know what his ceiling is and can can he reach it? Because I think that ceiling is very high. It is a really uh, high ceiling. That I don't disagree with you on. I need, you know, I need like 12 to 16 quarters of real football to not spring football. And then I'll know. And yeah, I, I like you though. I think it's coming. I, I'm and not Andy, sure that was a fluke. Um, that wasn't an accident. That's why it was my question, yes. not my statement. Okay, right, correct. But good it, one. We sense it's it may be there, Andy. All right, let's go to another fun position, which is linebacker. Remember, way back in the year 2022, Andy, before the season started, we were like, "Oh my goodness, linebacker! There's nobody there." How times change. It's a different so, position now. What, what's your question, though? What does Curtis Jacobs 2.0 at this position look like for this defense? He will be more comfortable at what was a brand-new position for him in 2022 and his first full season as a starter last year as well. He was rock-solid, and he grew into the role as the season progressed. I think he's ready to explode. Not in that Abdul Carter freak way. That's just not the way I'm – I mean at all because that's freak stuff. That's just different. But in terms of his strengths, I think number 23 is going to be a next level impact player. What does in a, in similar production, he'll get sim if he just gets similar production from a year ago, that's acceptable. But I don't think that I think he only is scratching the surface. So to me, Curtis Jacobs at that position, 2.0, with a freak standing beside him, what does that look like and how much of an impact does it have? That is my question. I find it interesting, Andy, that we got the question in the Ask Andy segment where you end up talking about Curtis Jacobs. I end up talking about Abdul Carter. Now we have to give our questions about the position. You talk about Curtis Jacobs. I'm going to talk about Abdul Carter again. He's a superstar, okay? He is. And now you've got just this perfect combination of so much talent on this team, tremendous defensive ends that the offense has to be aware of. You've got an aggressive mad scientist as the defensive coordinator. Yes, you do. Oh, my goodness. How many different ways are they going to find to free up Abdul Carter to make plays? I can't wait to see it. I can't wait, Andy. That's what I want to see. That's my question. And I can't wait to see the answer to that question. Okay, all we have left um, are the defensive backs. How about we start with the cornerback room, Andy, where Joey Porter has moved on, but we've got another star, potential first-round pick, and Kalen King to take over. What's your question for the cornerback room? Yeah, it's been a while since I've even thought about this at the cornerback position. And I don't, this isn't, I'm not saying this from a negative perspective or that it's problematic. It's been a while, but beyond what is known, which is, as you just mentioned, you know, Johnny Dixon and Kalen King, right? They're an elite starting combination. They are known. They are both potentially, King is a lock as an NFL prospect. Johnny Dixon is close. We know what you know what you have in those two, and you know what you're getting. 
My question is, what do they have to work with beyond that? I don't – how much cornerback rotation are we going to see in year two with Manny Diaz? As much as we did in year one, there's a lot of guys lined up behind them. It's not a lot of known stuff. What does the rotation look like beyond these two, and what do they have beyond them? We're not really sure. That's not a bad thing because it's not like they're bereft of talent. But it's just an unknown for me. So my question is, beyond the two studs, what do you got? Andy, this is the first one where our questions are identical. Uh-huh. My note my notes simply says, confident in King and Dixon, then what? And it's not like there's not some talent there, but it's that new generation. Who's next? Who could jump up and be that next guy? And they're going to have to answer that question. And we know they could uh, go with confidence with King and Dixon, but you need a little more depth than that. And then come the next season in 24, where, where do you go? So that's going to be the question at cornerback. All right, Andy, uh, let's talk about the safety position. What do you have as questions there? It's always an interesting position on this team. Yeah, so this one is, it's kind of unfair, but it's my question. I don't think that, is there a next great one to follow in the footsteps of Jaquan Brisker and Jair Brown, right? I don't think I see that, but that is my question. Is one of these guys the next great one? I see four safeties who have a variety of skills and talents and who all four can, should, and most likely will play. Is there that NFL quality safety playing on a college field at Beaver Stadium for the Nittany Lions in 2023? I don't think so. I don't think they are, but is one of them going to follow in those footsteps and become that? That is, I'm very interested to see that. And I say all of that from a position of, I still think safety is a strength of this defense. I can say that confidently and comfortable that despite that question, I don't see this position as problematic. Maybe you see it differently, Jimmy, but I just wonder if there's an elite one. I think there's four really, really, really good ones. I don't know if I see an elite one, but do they need an elite one? I don't think so, but I say all of that from of. Yeah, this is not a position of weakness. No way. You know, Andy, I'm kind of with you. I see four players who can play, rotate, and they're very good. I I think Keaton Ellis is a bit underrated, and maybe I'm just recalling the fact that this was a kid who made a freshman impact. You don't do that unless you're talented. Right. You know, you have Zaki Wheatley, and you have Jalen Reed. But my question is going to be, I, I see the four solid guys, but is Winston, is K.J. Winston that guy who could be special? Is he that next guy? Even if he's not the starter, even if he's not the uh, returning steady guy that these other folks are, he's a guy who could make splash plays. And I think that is so important. And I, I could see K.J. Winston being that guy. There's just so much smoke around him, so much talk by the coaches. And we saw some of that. I, I know. Spring game, Andy. I know. I know. I yeah, no, I agree. But he looked capable of making special plays. 
So I think that is important. That's my question. I think he will be special. Will he be special this year? Can they use him in ways that will make him special? That's going to be fascinating. Andy, we have time in, in, in our um, – go ahead if you had a final no, thought. All I wanted to say, he has to get through a lot of people to find the opportunity to do that. But he's a wild card for me at the position. It just depends on how he develops in camp more than anything else as to whether or not they can trust him or not. Because I think the four or five guys they look at in front of him, they trust them all, and they know what they're going to get out of them. He's a wild card in that they're not sure, but, man, if they took the risk, it might be huge rewards or it could be huge flop. So he's a wild card for sure in this first year. I agree, Jimmy. Okay, last minute we got. How about special teams, Andy? I'm just going to lump it all together. Yeah, it's crazy for me for special teams because you've got long snapper and holder, and those are all going to be new. And I, I don't want – it's just their punting game – They've sent a couple guys to the NFL, their last two punters. Well, now their their third one last year isn't quite there yet, but he's on the journey. They've sent they've had NFL level punting for at least six or seven years. That's been an asset. I don't see it. Can their punting game not stink? I, it, it stinks right now. That's the only way to describe it, Jimmy. From everything you've seen and heard, that their punting game is a train wreck. Can they fix it and make it not a weakness in 2023? Uh, that That's a good question. I, I've got just questions all over, Andy. You don't have a returning kicker. You don't have a returning punter, the snapper, that holder. and That's all part of the equation also. But, boy, you want to be confident when you're in that big game that that kicker can make the field goal. We've gotten spoiled by the last couple punters. They've been so good. Andy, there's just question marks all over the place on special teams. Unfortunately, that is it. We're out of time, Andy. Thank you all for listening. Make sure you join us next time on the Keystone Kickoff Show. Hey, guys, this is Andrew from 409 Tailgate Club, here to talk to you about our new coffee barbecue dry rub set. Over the years, we've developed some great tailgate sauces and barbecue dry rubs, but our new coffee rubs are totally unique spice blends, low in sodium, and feature Happy Valley's finest coffee, W.C. Clark's, roasted right in the cheese shop in downtown State College. So head on over to 409tailgateclub.com, grab yourself some coffee rubs, and remember, always tailgate with honor. We are. StateCollege.com is your one-stop source for news, sports, opinion, entertainment, and community events. Over a decade of experience covering the Nittany Lions from reporter Ben Jones. Lively commentary from columnist Mike Porman and others. Local perspective, local expertise, local information from Penn State's hometown website, StateCollege.com. Trust StateCollege.com for daily coverage of the school, team, and place you love. Hi, this is Dustin Hawkinsmith from the Keystone Sports Network. For the best Penn State football analysis and commentary, go to keystonesportsnetwork.com. The rest of the KSN team and I will bring you game reviews, player evaluation, recruiting news, and plenty more. You may even hear directly from some of your favorite recruits. That's keystonesportsnetwork.com. You can also take Keystone Sports Network with you. Go to your app store and download Keystone Sports for your mobile device. For Penn State football news 52 weeks a year, count on the Keystone Sports Network. Are you ready to elevate your game day experience? Then it's time for turnkey tailgating with Revel XP. 
you get to tailgate close to Beaver Stadium with our exclusive area next to the soccer field. Revel XP will provide the tent, the chairs, table, even the cooler and ice. We even partner with local food and beverage providers to cater your tailgate event. As someone has enjoyed tailgating with Revel XP, I know you're going to love it. Go to revelxp.com for more info.